Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. everyone welcome back to another episode of morgan's pop talks breaking down the latest in reality tv and pop culture i am so happy that you have joined me today quite a show we have lots to discuss a lot of relationship plot twists happened this week we have katie flood from winter house and below deck she gave us an amazing interview, lots of behind the scenes details on what went on at Winter House, her current relationship with Tom Schwartz, some things that happened at BravoCon. But before we get into that, let me just set the scene for you. What's happening in my apartment complex right now? There have been a group of Amish men outside of my house for hours, hours, chain smoking and drilling holes into my walls, like literally right outside here. And I just, just in my little Instagram segment about how I have misophonia, which if you don't know what that is, it's like when certain sounds irritate you and it just throws me over the edge, like people chewing, people slurping, people breathing, to be quite honest with you, like people scraping bowls. So if you can imagine how annoying it is for me to be up since um, 4.45 this morning, come home. My nap, you guys, is like my favorite part of the entire day. To not be able to take my nap because I don't know why the Amish men are drilling holes into my wall but it's been about six hours of that. So um, if you can hear it in the background throughout this podcast, I apologize. Also, I just had to run over to David's office because he's singing at the top of his lungs um, while he's working. So if you hear him like, I don't know, singing along to Fred again, which is pretty much all he listens to. I apologize. Um, Some housekeeping too at the top of the show rant. I've been getting some messages. Um, Some people are confused about what's going on on Patreon right now. Um, So obviously I didn't want to roast a 70 year old man on today's podcast episode. So you would have to go to the pop of batch Patreon page to hear that because I'm extremely disappointed with the way the golden bachelor ended. Um, But like I said, I'm feeling a little bit nicer about it today. So we're not going to discuss it. But I had some people um, sign up and I just want to reiterate the fact that you do have to sign up for a specific tier if you're going to be on Patreon. They um, they do have an option for a free membership. Um, you know, my podcast is free. So unfortunately on Patreon, I don't have any free content, but I mean, it's like about free. Pop of Badge is $3 a month and it's like four to five additional episodes. And then if you subscribe to extra pop, you automatically get the bachelor tier and then you get, um, 
other pop culture stories at the end of the week. So you get an additional eight to 10 episodes a month. So um, I'm also not saying Papa Batch. People think I'm saying like P-A-P-A. No, Pop, you know, like Morgan's Pop. It's supposed to be a brand. Clearly, it's not working very well if people are confused. But anyways, just wanted to let you know that we did dig deep into the Golden Bachelor finale and the Hollywood Reporter article and how my um, feelings have pretty much really changed since then. Anyways, let's get into this week's pop three. The tables were turning this week all over the place in Hollywood. Let's talk about Amy Robach and TJ Holmes and their exes now dating each other. Can you believe it's been a year? It's been a year since the Amy Robach and TJ Holmes scandal, which actually, when you boil it all down, makes a lot of sense because if you aren't familiar with entertainment contracts, and I'm not really familiar with TV contracts, I'll be the first to admit, but I have had multiple contracts in my radio career. They're normally, your non-compete normally lasts anywhere from six months to a year. And I would assume, you know, these two being on Good Morning America, like their non-compete is probably going to be for about a year. So that's why you haven't heard from them yet. Um, because, you know, they've had these non-compete clauses. You have to wait until the end of your contract, whatever. It's, it's a nightmare, honestly. But anyways, they came out with their first podcast episode. I didn't listen to it because I'm busy. Um, but I did read some recaps. And I know this is really me judging the book by its cover because, like I said, I didn't sit down and listen to it minute by minute, second by second. I did read the articles. It just sounds to me like they're playing the victim. In my complete and honest opinion, you know, I did see a little snippet of TJ saying the best way to sum us up, Amy and TJ, is that we're the folks who lost the jobs we love because we love each other. No one would care if you love each other after you guys got divorced. But the problem was you weren't divorced. And you loved each other. And look, I know it happens all the time. I wasn't born yesterday. I don't live under a rock. But, you know, when you are public figures on a stage owned by Disney, they're probably not going to like that too much. So I just, I don't like the excuses right off the bat. And I know sometimes there's a fine line between explaining yourself and giving excuses, but I just feel like you didn't lose your job because you were in love. You lost your job because you were sloppy about the way you handled, you know, even if, even if they were to come out before and say, we're going through divorce proceedings, yada, yada, yada. And I, I think they did talk about this, how their families didn't know and whatever. And it's like, if your families don't know, why do you feel so comfortable like making out in a bar? You know, it just doesn't make any, it doesn't make any sense to me. It sounds like a lot of excuses, but the plot twist is that their exes are now dating each other. Andrew Shu who was married to Amy Robach is now dating Marley Feibig, who was married to TJ Holmes. And they've been together for six months. How did the connection start? Insiders say it was bonding over the traumatic experience of being cheated on. So clearly that's their side of the story. Amy and TJ's side of the story is that they did everything by the book. Um, a shocking, surprising, a soap opera 
trauma bonds people, you know, I'm sure they were each other's shoulder to cry on in that moment. You know, I can see why they would confide in each other, um, you know, going through all that together. And then one night you just have too many glasses of wines, someone falls over and the other person catches them with their mouth. You know, that's how these things happen. It's actually happened like to some friends of mine, to some friends of mine. So I guess I shouldn't say it's too outlandish. Yeah. I had friends that were married. Um, they got divorced and then one person started dating this girl and then the divorcee started dating the girl's ex as well. So it happens. It's a small world after all. Ain't that the truth? Because headline number two, John Jansen and Alexis Bellino. You guys, I told you. This episode is going to be absolute chaos. John, I don't want to spotlight Jansen, is dating yet another public figure who just so happens to have the same claim to fame as his ex, Shannon Storms Bedore. So if you're not a Bravo girly, if you don't watch The Real Housewives of Orange County, what you need to know is Alexis Bellino, Shannon Storms Bedore, and John Jansen. So Alexis was on the show from season five to season eight. Shannon was on the show from season nine until current. And John Jansen ha had been dating Shannon for about three years. Now, it's rumored that Alexis is going to be coming back to the show. It hasn't been confirmed anywhere, but obviously it would make a huge splash this season, this coming season, because last season, the whole season was about how tumultuous Shannon's relationship with John Jansen was. They have since broken up, you know, but the whole season was about these fights that would leave Shannon paralyzed. And we can't talk about John and we can't talk about relationship stuff. And John doesn't like to be in the limelight. I'm thinking now that that particular excuse from John Jansen, I don't like being in the limelight, um, was a cop out. Because there's no way that you are going to then go and date yet another public figure. Now, Alexis isn't currently on the show, but she was at BravoCon this year. You know, she gave the Housewife of the Year Achievement Award or whatever it is to Vicki Gumbelson. So she's still very much in the mix, right? To add insult to injury, John and Alexis met at a place called The Quiet Woman, which has iconic history in the Real Housewives of Orange County, specifically when it comes to Shannon. Um, that's a rabbit hole that I cannot go down today. Emily Simpson is also on the Real Housewives of Orange County. She said she would love to see Alexis back on the show. She said, I'm sorry, but bring Alexis back and let Shannon spiral out of control. Now, I think under the circumstances, you know, because Shannon did recently get arrested for a DUI, would it make good TV to have Alexis back in the mix now that she's dating Shannon's ex? Yes, but it's got to be like controlled chaos, you know, like there's just a certain threshold of things that you don't want to see happen. I don't want to see Shannon get spiral so hard that she's getting DUIs and hurting herself and potentially hurting other people, you know? So it's a fine line. Um, Alexis and Shannon have never like crossed paths on the show. Cause like I said, their seasons were separate, but they do have a history because Alexis was once married to Jim Bellino and Jim Bellino at one time in 2018, sued Shannon and Tamra for defamation. That's a story for another day.
we can't get into it right now. Um, Taylor Swift, this is number three in the pop three. Taylor Swift is Times Person of the Year. She's talking about Kanye and Kim. And she's talking about Travis and Kelsey. Travis and Kelsey. <laughs> That's what happens when I get a little bit ahead of myself. Anyways, it. I mean, wow. It has been the year of Taylor Swift. There's no doubt about it. Um, between becoming a billionaire and you know, the era's tour and the movie and re-recording all of her albums. Like she has done the daggone thing that Taylor Swift, but obviously people are reading this time magazine article looking for stuff about Travis, which she dives a lot into. So she says, when you have a relationship or when you say a relationship is public, that means I'm going to see him do what he loves. We're showing up for each other. Other people are there and we don't care. And she said the opposite of that is when you have to go to an extreme amount of effort to make sure no one knows that you're seeing someone. We're just proud of each other, which is like, is that a subtle dig against her former boyfriend of six years? Some people rumored that they got married secretly, Dumois specifically, um, but Taylor's publicist came out and said that wasn't true. Who knows? Um, but, you know, Joe Alwyn and Taylor Swift had a very different relationship to what we're seeing with Taylor and Travis. Like, I don't know anything about Joe Alwyn. And they dated for six years. You know, we like never saw them out together in public. So um, we're also getting more information about the timeline of their relationship. Taylor and Maddie Healy broke up in June. Thank God. And then Travis tried to meet Taylor Swift at her concert in Kansas City in July. It didn't happen, but they were communicating ever since then. Now, we first saw Taylor Swift in the Kansas City Red cheering on her boy in late September. So she's telling us that from July until late September, they were communicating. They were going on dates. They were talking for a significant amount of time. And she doesn't come out and say, you know, we were boyfriend and girlfriend when I walked into Arrowhead. Um, but she does kind of allude that they already were in an established um, relationship. So it's just wild to think we had no idea what was going on and something crazy was going on. Um, she also talked about Kim Kardashian and Kanye West. And I only saw the headline of this. I didn't actually look into what was said. I'm going to try to find it quickly. Um, but, you know, she was pretty much talking about the fact that the drama that happened between Kanye, Kim and her, you know, ruined her career or took away her career, I think was the um, the thing she said. And at first I, I did roll my eyes at that. I was like, Taylor took away your career. Look at you, your times person of the year. But I had to like remind myself that at the time, you know, it was a pretty damaging situation for her to go through. You know, people were calling her a snake. People didn't like her. People were like bashing her publicly at the time. I was young. I was naive. I was team Kim and Kanye. I mean, growing up is learning when you were wrong. I was definitely wrong in that situation. And I'm not afraid to admit it now. Um, but, you know, she really did go through a lot. So to see her crushing it, we love to see it. Can we do an honorable mention? Because Ariana Maddox is going to Broadway, baby. She is. Her name is in lights. She's booked and busy. She is going to make her Broadway debut this January. She's going to be Roxy Hart in Chicago. This scandal is the best thing to happen to Ariana Maddox ever. 
ever. I mean, my goodness, it probably really sucked in the moment and I'm not taking that away whatsoever. Heartbreak is not easy to get over even if you are busy, but like, wow. The amount of opportunities that she has had, let's face it, this would not happen to her if Scandal had not happened. I was thinking like, what would an affair do for my career? Because I know people do love me and David. We're not like, please, we're Instagram people. But I was like, let's say hypothetically I go to David. I'm like, David, let's create a scandal because I want my career to go to the next level. Honestly, knowing how supportive my husband is, he'd be like, let's do it. Although he wouldn't, I mean, he would never cheat on me. He's, he's the best, you guys. He's the purest soul. But I was thinking like, what would I get if something like this happened to me? And honestly, I feel like I would just get like a brand deal with Wendy's. They'd send me some gift cards, like maybe one of Kathy Hilton's tequila bottles that their assist, her assistant sends to me, but like writes her name on it because that's happened to me before too. So it's like not really worth it for me to go through that. But you know, scandal does elevate people's careers all the time. I didn't even know who Alex Cooper was until her and Sophia Franklin had that huge falling out. So we got to come up with a fake scandal for your girl. 2024 is going to be the year. Let's, let's not talk about the husband. Let's have it not do with the husband because I love him and he's a baby angel, but let's think about it. Let's come up with a scandal. What influencer can I get into a little argument with? Let's think about it you know? But Ariana, she got out of a toxic relationship. I mean, I don't know if I'd call her an A-lister because A-listers are like the Jennifer Aniston's of the world, you know? But she's like a solid B-plus lister, I'd say. And she just keeps getting higher and higher. Just raise your glasses high. I do have a Vanderpump Rules prediction. Of course. I mean, Ariana Maddox is proving herself to be a triple threat. She can act. She's getting movie deals. She can dance. She just got third place on Dancing with the Stars. She can sing. She's going to be Roxy Hart. For Pete's sake. Meanwhile, Rachel's going rogue on a new podcast to tell her side of the story. Now, here's my prediction. Depending on how season 11 of Vanderpump Rules goes, I could see Ariana bowing out soon. She doesn't need it. You know, she's moving on. She's moving to new heights in her career. In the past, she's kind of alluded to being over the show in some capacities. But you know who does need it? Rachel Levis. Rachel Levis is out here doing these public appearances now. She's trying to maintain a level of public figure life. So, may you know, maybe... After season 11, we'll see Ariana leave. We'll see Rachel come back. Now that the dust has settled, people aren't as mad as they were. And, you know, Rachel's probably like, I might as well come back, you know, for my redemption tour, especially if season 11 turns out to be a Tom Sandoval redemption tour. Just you wait. Just you wait. That's my prediction. Okay. Let's go to our deep dive. We have a guest today. I'm so excited. I have absolutely loved her on Winter House. I know you guys loved her on Below Deck. I had the pleasure of meeting her at BravoCon. And we're going to spill all the tea. She's going to talk about Winter House. She's going to talk about Tom Schwartz. So please welcome to the podcast, Katie Flood. Where are you right now? Are you in New York? I am in New York City, so I'm in a tiny little hotel room, hence my little corner that I'm like nestled into right now. <laughs> and where are you headed to next? 
I'm here until next Tuesday. So I'm doing Watch What Happens Live next week. Um, and then I am flying back to Mexico for a couple of days. And then I'll be joining Malia. Our boat has just arrived in the Caribbean. So I'll be flying to Antigua at the end of next week. Aren't you tired? Like, I cannot imagine. I saw right after BravoCon, you went to Mexico, right? Honestly, pre-BravoCon, I was... I where did I go to? I went to Mexico. I came to New York. I went to Austin. I went to Mexico City. Then I went to Las Vegas. And then I went back to Mexico. Now I'm back in New York. I'm back to Girl. Mexico. I know. I honestly, like I'm very used to traveling, but this trip has really, really broken me. And especially BravoCon. Like, I mean, you yeah. were there, you know, the energy there, the intensity, and it's just like, People are at you 24 mm. seven. Um, I kind of felt like I was in a zoo, like you're like on display, you know? Yeah. Yeah, um, I felt like that too. And it's hard because like, you know, obviously as a podcaster and somebody who talks to you guys, you know, as much as I, as I can, it still feels like a bit impersonal, you know, where it's like, I would always feel weird going up to people and be like, Hey, you know, I know I've talked to you on the podcast, but like, can we get a picture? It just does feel a little like zoo week. How is it for you guys? It definitely was, but what I will say is like the positivity of BravoCon, you know, because I think, yeah. it, you know, everybody knows there is a really negative downside to putting yourself out there for the world, especially reality TV. You know, mm. reality TV can really hone into your weakest parts about yourself. Um, so, you know, that invites the trolls, the DMs, the nasty comments, the whatever it is. So for me, the BravoCon experience, it was just really, really beautiful to just be around people that love us, support us, love Bravo, love the shows. Um, but it, it was just a lot because it kind of just, it's a lot of energy and a lot of people taking your energy. So mm -hmm. apart from that, it was great, but you definitely feel like, yeah, you're in a zoo and you're just like <laughs> on display. <laughs> we'll get into BravoCon a little bit later. I do want to talk about the season of Winter House, which I'm loving. I'm loving you and Malia. I think you guys have just brought such a fresh energy. You guys are the first uh, crossover from Below Deck to be on Winter House. Now, something that people were asking that they didn't, I don't know if I want to say they didn't necessarily believe, but are you... Serious, you had no idea what was going on with Scandaval when you went into Winter House? No idea. I think I had seen one little snippet about, I think it was like the two Toms. Mm -hmm. um, and it was only because there was a leaked cast because we don't really get told who's going. Obviously, we knew Kyle and Amanda. That was our connection to the house. Um, but other than that, we don't really get told who else is going to be there. So mm -hmm. then there was like uh, a couple of days before we started filming, people guessing who's going to be there and then obviously Tom and Tom who they were meant to be there both of them um and then I saw like something like that and I was like wait isn't that that guy that's getting dragged through the mud but like I wasn't up to date I'd never watched Vanderpump and I think as well what people don't understand like Below Deck is quite removed from yeah. Bravo so all the Bravo like fan pages that I followed were all below deck associated they weren't mm. just like the generic ones um and i didn't start following all these other bravo pages until we started filming because people found out like i was on the cast and then there was all these articles so then you start following like all these other pages back and then 
that's when my phone ended up getting taken over by Scandaval. <laughs> um, but no, I really didn't know. Like it was, it was blind. I was blindsided. <laughs> so before Tom Schwartz gets to the house or before you have your first interaction with him, like, were you guys talking about it? What was the vibe before he showed up? Yeah. So I think you guys see that the first bit and it's like me and Malera kind of standing there. And I think Danielle and Jordan, cause Kyle's like, so Tom's coming tomorrow, the next day or wherever. And their faces are a bit like, Oh no, like we don't want that. And me and Malera are like, what, what are we missing? <laughs> like, um, so then from that, like from then onwards, Kyle gave us like a full, like up to date, what was Kyle like, would Kyle would be the one with the team. Yeah. And then even the day he arrived, uh, we spoke about it more as well. So, cause it's like before people came into the house, like we would be like, okay, what's their vibe? What did they right. like? So he gave us like a full rundown, but I think as well at the time, I really didn't actually understand the severity of the situation or just more like how many people were involved Mm -hmm. um, until after. And then I watched the most current season of Vanderpump and then everything kind of clicked for me. Like I I was really understanding and be like, oh, this guy's going through a hard time. Yeah. But it really wasn't until after where everything really fell into place. And it was just such a snowball effect, right? It wasn't like just the initial story of the cheating scandal. There was so many little things that happened after that that made it like even bigger. When Schwartz got there, did he like, did he shy away from it or was he ready just to address it, get his side out there? So you guys were a little bit more at ease about him being there. I mean, for me and Malia, because we, like I don't want to say we didn't really care but we just we didn't know yeah. we weren't as we weren't invested at that time that's probably right. the right word to use so when Tom came into the house like his whole demeanor like I really wish you guys could feel like you could just tell like the pain he was in his like mm-hmm. his whole world was just crushing down like in front of him and including like stuff to do with his family like he had a lot going on. Um, so when he came into the house, we did the meet and greets, but I knew straight away, me and Malia removed ourselves from the situation because I was like, I think he needs to have boy time with Kyle and Corey and talk to people who knows about what's going on. So I we kind of like stepped back and was like, let him have his, you know, chat with the guys and stuff like that. So yeah. He didn't really shy away from it. There were things like you could tell he didn't really want to speak about on camera, mm-hmm. which I understand. Um, but the things like I feel like he was very open and honest, um, even with me, even about his marriage. And, you know, I think the word he used, he'd strayed a few times during his marriage. Like he was super honest about everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but you could tell sometimes he, he was just kind of like didn't really want to talk about it. Yeah, I I mean, I self-admittedly am a bit of a Schwartz apologist. I just love him. I love his energy. Like, I just love it. He's so goofy and lovable that I'm like, I just lovable. And you know, at that time, though, really, people, we we didn't know everything. And people were just assuming, you know, because the Toms are so close that Schwartz automatically, he had to have been an accomplice or whatever. So, I mean, props to you guys for allowing him to come into the house and just have fun. I think it's making for a really great season of Winter House. Now, obviously, I feel like more so this season than any other season in the past. Did you watch other seasons of Winter House? 
So uh, when Bravo reached out to us, again, obviously me and Malia, being me and Malia, I'm like, because winter. <laughs> um, so we did watch an episode, I think uh, must have been season two, I think, because I think Corey was in it. Um, so we did watch one episode and we were kind of like, do we want to do this? <laughs> this looks insane. Um, so no, and then once we watched that one episode, we said we're like, we, let's not watch anything else because if any of those people are going to be in our cast, like we want to have a genuine um, interaction, and like I want to meet these people for myself, make yeah. a judgment, and not come in being like, oh well, you did that to her or him or whatever it was. So um, that's a great way to look at it. No preconceived notions. Yeah, you know, getting to know people. But I feel like more so this season than the previous two seasons, like it is stacked with single people. And you know they did that on purpose, obviously, because they're trying to have all these love connections. We'll get into you and Schwartz in a second, but he said, you said originally that Schwartz was not your typical type. So what is? like? What are the type of people that you went for in the past and how do they compare or maybe don't compare to someone like Schwartz? Um, so my normal type would be, I guess, somebody like Corey, like kind of out there, you know, like really attractive, really like fit, like physically fit, um, kind of has that boy energy. Um, <laughs> so that's definitely, I guess, my normal type. Um, and uh, let's just make it clear. I don't think anybody on the planet will ever compare to Schwartz. Like that guy is a <laughs> one in a billion person. He's probably the most peculiar human yeah. I have ever met. But I think that's what attracted me to him. I was like, this guy's so weird and quirky. And he's just like, I mean, he was a hot mess at the time. <laughs> I His personality really still shone through, even though, you know, he wasn't like his best self um you know he was just he's really sweet he's really charming and you kind of can't help but love him I agree I'm with you a hundred percent like I said I will be a Schwartz apologist all day long <laughs> we see your first kiss in the car with everyone there but we didn't get like the backstory behind it so I need to know what happened in that van to lead to that kiss were people egging you on because it seems like your castmates had their phones out like ready to <laughs> film you guys make out so uh, the whole house was behind me and Schwartz like I think you guys see it like everyone I don't really know even how it came about but one day I was just like oh I think I'm into Tom and then it was just like a ripple effect where the whole house knew and I was like okay great well I guess we're just parading this so <laughs> um so I think that night especially I was like super drunk and I was like oh I just want to make out with him like you know, I want this to happen. And then I think everyone was telling him like, she's keen. So when we got into the car, um, he actually grabbed me and kissed me. So we got into the back together, but I don't know how, who was filming. I still don't know who took that video. Um, so one of our producers was driving the car. So I don't know if it was them or, um, I think we were making out like a, quite a lot <laughs> yeah, like a long time so they knew they had a little bit of extra b-roll to get on their phones yeah because normally the cars are rigged with gopros right i was thinking that too it's only when we drive the cars but obviously we're drinking so someone from production's driving so they take down the the gopros so we don't have that car footage um so i think yeah someone was very quick 
to get that on film. <laughs> Do you think that had a factor in him kissing you in the car, him knowing that there were no GoPro cameras? Yes, 100%. <laughs> um, every time like we would get in the car and there were no cameras, we were like the most affectionate. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a lot more that you guys don't see. Um, but yeah, and I think it makes sense now. Like at the time, obviously, you know, he was really going through, I guess, what he did with Raquel to Katie. So um, you guys will see it through, I guess, the rest of this um, season that that was something he did really struggle with. He didn't want to be intimate or anything on camera. Um, so mm. that was kind of why I think there was this like hot and cold thing from him. Like he wanted it, but he didn't want to do stuff on camera. So right. yeah. Well, another little layer to your guys's romantic onion is your name, Katie Marie, who is also Schwartz's ex-wife. I mean, but honestly, what are the chances that your guys's first and middle name are the same? That is so annoying. Honestly, it was actually just a joke at this point. Like, <laughs> I don't know if it's aired yet, but there is this moment where, oh yeah, it has. And we're in bed and then it was like, okay, like, call me floody but then people weren't calling me flooding you know people like it was like a joke like a house joke like oh what can we call katie and then malia's like oh well marie your middle name doesn't really suit you and his face just like dropped and i was <laughs> like and i was like you're joking right like, you're <laughs> like and he was just like i can't i was like i can't like, what is happening <laughs> He should have looked at it like this. He had a relationship with a Katie Marie in the past that didn't necessarily work out. So this is his second chance at getting it right with another beautiful, smart, funny Katie Marie in Winter House. Yeah, but you know what is so ironic about this is, so Schwartz is originally from Minnesota, right? Mm -hmm. um, I've had a guy like that I used to date years ago who's from Minnesota, and his ex was called Katie too. And I was just like, I think I'm cursed. <laughs> like, I, this is a curse for me. Like that any guy I meet from now on is going to be like, sorry, babes, you got the same name as <laughs> I mean, I think it's pretty clear, though, that he does use it as an excuse to keep you at a distance, like watching it back. It's clear. But in the moment, did you realize that or were you just like confused by how he was acting? I was definitely more confused. And like I said, once we wrapped filming and I watched the most current season of Vanderpump, that's when everything really fell into place for me. Um, you know, I... I can understand the name thing, but then it did get to a point where I was like, okay, you're just being a dick now. Like, yeah, you know, I, I did have a moment of feeling really disrespected. Cause I'm like, well, it's my name. Like when you started, when we started getting into this flirtation thing, whatever, like that was my name. So it's obviously not changing anytime soon. Right. Um, and yeah, like I think at the time I was more just confused and frustrated. I'm like, well, if it's such a problem, let's just stop. But then, you know, he'd come up to me, he'd kiss right. me or like, so I was just like, okay, what is it, bro? Cause like, like if you don't want to do this, like I'm good. Like <laughs> it's fine. Like we can still hang. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, everything made sense afterwards. I just kind of wish he explained that to me more in the moment being like, look, this is what's happened. Yeah. Um, you know, I kissed somebody else. My ex-wife didn't like it because I respect that his loyalty should, well, should lay with, 
his ex-wife like over me like I totally get that but I just wish I had more of an insight in that moment mm-hmm. um to really figure, figure that out but at the same time well first of all when I watched this last episode, I was like, good for you for standing your ground and being like, stop being a little idiot. Like we are grown adults. You're 40, you know, like you said, you should really start acting like it. And I think, I mean, it's much easier said me watching the show, not being involved in the situation, but like the two situations with Tom and Katie and Tom and you are so different. Like Katie was mad at Tom for kissing Raquel, who was a part of their friend group, who was engaged to James Kennedy, who we now found out was having a seven month affair with your best friend. Like that is way different than your divorce being finalized, meeting you on a vacation and having like a vacation romance. I just, I don't see the correlation between that. And to me, it just feels like he actually did like you and he was scared. Yeah. And I think, I think that's it too. And I also think as well, just at the the timing of it all, because that's right. When when we were filming, it was like you, I mean, you guys experienced it too every other day, new new storyline, new this, he knew this, she knew that bloody, 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 blah, like 17,000 people involved in this one affair. So Mm -hmm. I think, and it, it did really, really affect him. Like, I don't think you guys really see how he actually was at times. Like, he definitely had a lot of good times and fun times. But you could just tell this person he was broken, like really broken. And I just don't think he knew how to go up or down. So I think he was just trying to do everything not to hurt anybody else. And I yeah. think he himself. And unfortunately, I was involved in that. Um, so I think his heart was in the right place, but his execution wasn't. <laughs> Can we talk about the bathroom? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, talk about not wanting to do something on camera. I mean, I understand why you guys go into the bathroom, but here was my thing. Like you go into the bathroom, you open the door to throw out an article of clothing. Like, was there no space on the bathroom floor? Okay, let me make this clear. <laughs> I did say this in the reunion, but obviously the reunion's not going to air for like another month or so. When I get mic'd, I get attached to my bra. So when we were in the bathroom, I was like, I'm mic'd. I don't want right the noises. <laughs> I don't want the audio. So that was me taking off my bra and throwing it out. Every single night I went to bed, that's how I would demic myself. I would literally mm-hmm. take off my bra. I actually think in one of the earlier episodes, there's a scene where Corey's like, whose bra is this? I'm like, oh, it's mine. Because I literally, that's how I would like take my mic off. So I would just take it off and then, you know, wait for audio to find it in the morning pretty much. <laughs> um, so that was me. I was like, okay, like let's demic this. So well, that-, that makes sense. It makes, see, I was like, who in their right mind? Like, I understand (laughs) from you guys' point of view. You're like, what is she doing? Like, you're not trying to make a scene, but you really want to make a scene. Right, right, right. Like, you want us to know what's going on in there. (laughs) There's a purpose behind that bra toss. Okay, so that was my first question about the bathroom. My second question about the bathroom is, is there only one bathroom in the whole place? I mean, why is everybody coming to the same bathroom? The house layout was really 
bizarre. But downstairs, there actually was only two bathrooms, one in Casey's room and then that bathroom, the communal bathroom that everyone goes to was like connected for me, Malia, Danielle, and then the boys would use it when Casey's bathroom wasn't free. So I think there was like eight of us sleeping downstairs with like two bathrooms. Um, And that one was the most convenient because it wasn't part of anybody's room, whereas the other bathroom was part of Casey's room. So it just became... I don't know, the communal bathroom apparently. In more ways than one. Really? <laughs> it was a handy bathroom. Oh my gosh. Well, he leaves at the end of this episode. So we have yet to see kind of if he comes back, that was a concern of yours and where your guys' relationship uh, will go from there. Obviously, I know you can't really talk much about things that haven't been aired, um, yes. but what is your relationship with him now? I mean, you guys saw each other at BravoCon. I was with him on Tuesday night. He was obviously here. Um, Look, me and Schwartz, like, I adore him. We have a really good friendship. I think we have a very, like, flirtatious, it's very cheeky. We kind of give each other shit a lot of the times. Like, he's so easy to, like, take the piss out of. Like, he's just... He's a walking target, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Um, So we really just kind of, like, talk to each other and it's very just flirty and cheeky and light um you know I am getting a lot of dms people really wanting us to be together which is really really sweet because some of the dms I got earlier in the year about him were not quite as nice right um, <laughs> but no we are we're just really good friends you know we chat once in a while um when we hang out it's always really fun it's really flirty and it's yeah it's cheeky do you still have a crush I'll always have a crush. <laughs> Good answer. <laughs> Good answer. Yeah, I I'm in the camp of I do like you guys together. I will say that from like the maturity standpoint and you know, I, I like Schwartz. I think you're a little too good for him on that front. Like you just seem like you have your stuff together. He really doesn't. And I think he would be the first to admit that too. That's like not me trying to be shady. He knows. And like he said, like, I want him to be single for longer. I think he really just needs to honor this time for himself. Like he's gone through a lot this past year. I mean, that whole cast has gone through a lot this past year. So I really just remember when I came out of my relationship and it's nothing compared to what him and Katie had, you know, they were together for what, like 10, 12 years or something crazy. Mm -hmm. Um, And just having that time for yourself to just grow and like have fun. Like I just want him to have fun and, you know, like, and then when he matures, come back to you. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Um, did you meet, I know you met um, Tom Sandoval at BravoCon. We'll get into that in a second. But did you meet anybody else? Did you meet Katie? I did meet Katie. She was actually one of the first people I met. It was before BravoCon even started. It was when we were checking in. We're obviously all staying at the same hotel um so I met her it was very brief you know it was very sweet very nice um but that was it I didn't actually see her again after that I don't think um BravoCon was crazy like yeah it was a lot um I met some of the Southern Charm people and they were really really cool some of the Southern Hospitality as well um that season looks wild um yeah then obviously I tried to spend as much time with my below deck gang as much as possible but um yeah I was mostly with my winter house crew (laughs) was there any other love connections for you at BravoCon 
Um, it's a big smile. Or was there another Schwartz kiss? I mean, you guys are- No, actually, I barely saw Schwartz at BravoCon. I saw him a couple weeks prior, but I hadn't, I barely saw him at BravoCon. Like, Hey, we all okay, so who else did you kiss? Because that reaction was pretty bad. Nobody, nobody. <laughs> <laughs> okay, lips are sealed. Um, I want to know about you meeting Tom Sandoval. Was that the first time that you met him when you guys did your podcast together? Yeah. Um, I, I met him actually the night before, I think, when all this drama was going down, who was in Sandoval's room. I was there. I don't know how I ended up there. We were like on this rooftop Bravo cocktail thing and everyone just kind of went back to his room. So I met him very briefly there. Um, and then, yeah, that whole podcast thing, that was not planned. Um, our producer, Pat, who obviously, you know, we were just meant to film with Schwartz. And then I have no idea how that even came about. But, you know, there was definitely a moment where I said to Malia, I was like, do we want to do this? And we were kind of like, you know what? Fuck it. Like, yeah, let's, we need to get over this hump. Um, and you know, we can focus on, you know, it's like Tom and Tom, they have this friendship and you guys have seen them for the last however many years on TV as a friendship. Me and Malia have the same thing. That's like our thing, you know? Yeah. Um, we're best friends. We do everything together. So I was like, well, let's just focus on their friendship and talk about, you know, like when you are like in business with a friend, like how it can affect a lot of stuff. So we kind of just wanted to give him the benefit of the doubt and just ch start to change the narrative. I was like, we don't want to talk about Raquel. We don't want yeah. to talk about the affair, but just be like, how are you actually? Like yeah. people ask you that anymore, you know? Um, so I'm really happy we did. Like, I don't regret it. And, you know, he's obviously one of Schwartz's like dearest friends. So, you know, there's, we can, we can, um, be above that, I guess. Yeah, I agree. I'm with you. Like, I understand that as a viewer, you're going to have some type of reaction, like to this scandalous event, like it's human nature to be mad in the moment. But I think to really ostracize somebody forever, you know, it's like if they're trying to make positive steps forward and that's, I mean, you don't have to like the guy. I'm not saying that, but yeah. you have, you do have to treat him like a human. And it's like, right. you couldn't just be like, oh no, you can't come on our podcast. Like we only want shorts. Like he's still a human. And right. like you said, there are other things to talk to him about that he would have an interesting perspective on that's not anything to do with Ariana or Raquel. Right. And that was, that was kind of it. And it was just like, look, I do not stand by what he did. Like, let's just make that very clear. I've had a similar situation happen to me where my ex left me for a friend. So I get it. I do not yeah. stand for it, but it's like, we all fuck up. Like, yes, that was a Royal fuck up. And yeah. uh, you know, some mistakes are worse than others, but you know, like for me, it was like, okay, he sounds like he is trying. He hasn't been drinking. Like he's been, you know, working out and like doing these things to start changing. He obviously saw an issue and it's not like he just played it off. And the fact that he still came and stands in front of all these people and he stood in front of the whole world when the yeah. whole world was against him. Like I give him credit for that to just, still carry on with life because a lot of people it will defeat you and i'm sure he had moments of severe defeat yeah um 
but you know he just he he carried on so i you know i do admire that can we talk about the reunion you guys just filmed the winter house reunion yes can you tell us who sat next to andy um danielle on one side and schwartz on the other okay see normally they well andy says they'll put people across from each other that have drama with each other. So I would figure, I would figure if I'm just thinking about it, it would be like, um, Alex, Danielle, you Schwartz or whatever. So that's interesting. Um, but if you could describe the reunion in three words, what would it be? Oh, feisty. Really? Uh, feist there was definitely, there was some hate. It definitely wasn't chilly in there. There was definitely some heat. Um, a lot of just not seeing eye to eye about certain situations that um, haven't actually happened, I think, for you guys yet. Um, but what's coming in the upcoming weeks is kind of like, I guess, the biggest like dramas um, that happened during our season. So surrounding those two topics, it was definitely – yeah, it was like, I had moments of just like, what? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Who had the most to answer for? <sighs> Corey, but not Corey. And that's all I'm going to say. Okay. I'm assuming it has to do something with the Sam situation. How long was she in the house for? Only two days. So she came like the very last weekend. Um, yeah. And she, she, she came in hot. Yeah, it's confusing because I, I feel like I'm being misdirected. And I mean, they do that on purpose, right? Where it's like one second you think it's going to be Malia in the drama because we've seen that interaction with her and Sam. But then you hear something about maybe Jordan or whatever. Where does the drama between um, Alex and Danielle stack up when it comes to the reunion? Where How are they? The good um definitely just have very different sides to the story they both do um and i guess how they interpreted the situ situation um so they're good but yeah i'm not sure the most perfect resolution was formed but yeah that's all i'm yeah. gonna say what was your, okay, the situation with Danielle where her and Alex hooked up and then 20 minutes later, he's upstairs talking to other women. You guys had like a little girl gang moment, but you all saw things a little bit differently. What is your perspective on that situation? And do you think it was right for Danielle to get mad at Amanda for her perspective? I I do kind of side with Danielle on this. Um, I would feel really disrespective I had just slept with a guy and I went upstairs and saw him flirting with somebody else like mm -hmm. I I'm really sensitive when it comes to stuff like that so that would affect me I don't think Amanda was trying to be malicious I think she was just kind of like well you know he's you kind of knew what you're getting yourself into was more her point mm -hmm. so I think both points are kind of right um, I just think in that moment, Danielle probably wanted more of the, no, you're right. Not like, oh, well, yeah. you know, you couldn't, like, I think it was more just reading the room and what she wanted is just some girls to be like, yeah, 
If him. Yeah. And that's easier said than done. Like it's super easy for if you're single and you're like in a situationship with someone to be like, oh yeah, that doesn't bother me. But at the end of the day, if it was anybody and you actually were starting to have feelings for the person, you would feel some type of way about it. And I feel like Amanda would, would too, but it's like too cut and dry where, where, you know, she, I feel like she wasn't taking Danielle's feelings into consideration. And like you said, not maliciously, no. um, but it's just easier said than done to act yeah. that way. I think just in the moment, Danielle just needed some girls to be like, rally just, around her. That was, that was it. And I, I think, yeah, Amanda was just like, oh, well, you know, he's a flirt. Like, yeah, they're both right. But I think just in that moment, that's what Danielle needed. So in the last episode, we saw Captain Sandy arrive. What was it like her being there with you guys? Oh, my God. It was so much fun. Um, But it was really funny. So originally, Captain Sandy was going to come meet us at the house. And then we were all going to go meet her um, up the mountain. But me and Malia, like, pull production, were like, I don't think you guys understand, like, this is like our industry, our actual jobs outside all of this chaos, like chaos and partying. Yeah. Um, and we take it very seriously. And I was right. like, Captain Sandy is a captain that we've worked for. So we respect her. And to bring her into this frat house, that is disgusting. <laughs> um, and especially she doesn't drink. She's been sober for 30 years. We yeah. would just go to production. We're like, this is not okay with us. We need to can this. And she's meeting us at the mountain. And like, that's it. Like we're putting our foot down because it's just not the right environment. So apart from that, (laughs) um, no, it was so amazing to see her. Like, I love her. She, you know, me and Malia, that's how we met was working for Captain Sandy. Um, And we obviously created a really beautiful friendship from that. So yeah, it was really cool to see her. I do really love your friendship with Malia. How has your friendship helped navigate reality TV and the Bravo fandom. Because like you said, at the end of the day, I think a lot of times I was actually thinking about this last night where, you know, people get famous for going on these shows, a show like summer house, where the show is to go party on the weekend with your friends. Your guys's reality show is your actual job. So it's not like you can leave your job to be a reality star. You are a reality star because of your job. So how do you guys navigate that? How is it different for you? Um, yeah, I don't know. Like it's, I think the show, like I always say to everybody below deck is actually an insight into yachting. I wouldn't say it's exactly what yachting's like. Um, and I think as well, I think it's nice that people saw us in our work environment, um, and can kind of give us the benefit of the doubt. Cause it's like, look, me and Malia both took our job seriously. Like people saw that we worked our asses off when we were filming. So the world did see that. So for us to come and act like degenerates right now in winter house, I feel <laughs> like it kind of saves us a bit. I feel like if we potentially didn't have below deck behind us, people would just think we're just like, you know, yeah. just like, to party. <laughs> um, and it's really weird. Cause I feel like I live this double life. Um, I feel like the reality TV life is so separate from my actual job, even though I've done below deck, it's just very separate for me. So like yeah. when I go back to the boat, um, like I'm going back next week and it's just like this whole TV world kind of shuts off for a minute. And I honestly think, 
it's a blessing in some way. Yeah, ways. I was going to say that has to be nice though, because you get a break from it. You get a break. I think it's good for your mental health. Yeah. Um, you know, this can really consume you, this world. And don't get me wrong, like, I feel so blessed um, to be part of Bravo and, you know, just all the fans. Everyone's so amazing. And it obviously gives us so many incredible opportunities. But it is really nice to kind of have this <laughs> double life right now. Right. Um, <laughs> just kind of like check out and just, you know, um, because like I love yachting. Like, that's technically what got me into um below deck so right it, yeah like it's my it's my baby which one of your winter house castmates would you never want to charter your boat um danielle really <laughs> well actually no i <sighs> Maybe Schwartz. I was going to say Kyle because I feel like all he would do is pee off the side of the yacht. I love we have guests um, <laughs> that are like super fun and really like party a lot. Like those are my favorite kind of charters. So yeah. I think I would really like Kyle and Amanda. <laughs> and yeah, actually no Schwartz. I wouldn't want him to charter us. <laughs> Well, Katie, thank you so much for spending some time. I was so excited to talk to you. I, I said on my Patreon, like, I feel like I do know you a little bit, but out of like the new people that I met at BravoCon this year, you were my favorite. We'll have to have you back and best of luck on your next bow and on our TVs and the reunion and all the things. Thank you so much, Morgan. Make sure you check out Katie on her podcast with Malia White, 30, Flirty, and Flying. You guys, can someone please leave me a review for the love of God? I think it's been like a month and I haven't had any lovey like assistance. I haven't had any podcast reviews. Share it with a friend. I really want MPT to take over the world in 2024. Share it with a friend. Come up with a scandal for me and I'll see you on Extra Pop on Thursday. Okay. Okay. Love you like it says. Have a great week, everyone. A Huda Media Production.